0: yippee-ki-yay mother
1: welcome
2: to the party pal
1: hey everybody welcome to another edition of classic yippee-ki-yay mother podcast i'm ralph quattrucci i'm sean paul murphy i'm deborah
2: murphy
3: i'm john quattrucci well,
1: hello, everybody. We lost Chris Coker tonight. He'll be back next week. He didn't uh, like
3: my movie. He didn't like my movie pick.
1: Well, we got a, we got a few faces in the crowd right now. We'll be okay.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: before we get started, I want to acknowledge a few uh, celebrities yes. who've passed. Yeah. This is a, this has been a tough week. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned Betty White last week. We did. She was 99, almost made it to 100. Sydney, Port- Sydney, Sydney Portier passed yeah. away. Yeah. Peter Bogdanovich passed yeah. away and just recently Bob Saget yeah. passed away. Um, Full House, many other things. Uh, uh,
3: not going to mention Dwayne Hickman.
1: Uh, oh, Dwayne Hickman from The Many
3: Loves uh, of Dobie Gillis. Okay,
1: Dwayne Hickman. I'm sure okay. there's some other people I've missed as well. Um, yeah. Uh, Saget also did the VH, what's that tape show he did, America's Funniest America's videos. Funniest
3: Videos, yeah. Uh, he had yeah. two
1: hit shows on at the same time. All right, so we should acknowledge those.
3: Yeah, rest in, in peace, all of them. We yeah, we're
2: gonna I'll tell do Sydney Poitier. Yeah, my favorite was um, "In the Heat of the Night," tri- you know, as, tri- an actor, as an tri- actor, as an actor.
0: Yeah, and
2: um, uh, yeah. Oh, mine I was uh, to, "To Sir with to Sir Love." With love,
1: yeah, that yeah. killed her. Uh, I watched "Stir Crazy" in honor of Sydney Poitier. Oh,
3: was, directed that,
1: right? He directed. it. Yeah. I think he's the first African American director that made over a hundred million dollars on a movie for that film oh i didn't know that uh and that may be a film i'll bring to this table at some point because it's fam- love i love that, that, that movie. film i saw so that great.
2: film when it came out at the theaters yeah me too. i did too
1: i fell in love with joe beth williams on that film and oh yeah so it's, it's great stuff um normally we do uh what'd you watch but i want to shake it up a little Two, one thing also i'm wearing this hat because it was official we officially, we had a little controversy at Christmas where one of my nieces took the 23andMe test, my brother's daughter, and she had zero Italian in the DNA test. But how is that even possible? It's it, it, Well, that's a good question. So it sent everybody into this tizzy of how does that happen? Oh, if, you
3: know what? She does look like the milkman. She does look bit, like a Steve. Little bit.
1: So my son Max now that had, I think it, about it. and we are 30, he at Max is 31%. <laughs> portuguese which is from my mother and we're about 15 percent italian north and south split between 15? North and south.
3: 15 what's the rest of
1: it he well with max it's german his mother's side is all oh. there and all that so i am officially italiano which made me feel good <laughs> oh. all right
2: you look like Every- mario a little mario he- i lose more and more italian so okay so- but
1: instead of what you watch, I have a serious question I want to ask each of us. And I'm glad this I'm glad we got a minimal amount so we can get this over quickly. I'm looking at our views. And we average probably 60 views per movie. Now every once in a while a movie will pop right and get all kinds. I don't know if that's people think they're going to go see the movie or if they actually want to hear what we have to say about the movie. But my question to each of us is, why do we do the podcast? I'm not saying we shouldn't I'm asking you, what is it about this podcast that makes you want to keep doing the podcast even though we're not getting crazy views and obviously we're not making any money on this? Why? I can tell you why I, but I'll wait. I want to hear some other why do Sean and Debbie, why are you guys doing the podcast? It's
0: funny that you should mention that because I I wondered about that, you know, because uh, just I was thinking about it. What I like is the it's a conversation, but it's an in-depth conversation and it And it goes deep. I mean, to me, movies has, has been the most. And and as we grow, as we get older, it's, we inspect life, but we just can't talk to each other about philosophy or it's just too. Well,
1: some of that comes through the stuff we talk about though. Yeah. yeah, This is a,
0: this is a sort of like a, you know, we, like like it's, I can say it's like golf now, Sean and I love to golf we're we're terrible at it. we don't even keep score, yeah, we I'm don't with really you on keep that one real score, but um <laughs> uh, we're getting out there in the um woods and just enjoying nature, you know, but we're guising it as we're golfers, so the movie um you know, podcast to me is talking about real serious things and inspecting your thoughts in front of you guys, you know, yeah. and, and our audience, I suppose, but, you know, stuff that you don't usually talk about unless you have a really close philosophical friend. My uncle was that for me. You know, he was, I revered my uncle. Um, he's deceased now. And he he really, we used to talk like ph- philosophically. And you don't really can talk that way to too many people because they say, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, you know it's deep, Sean. Well, you know, I would.
2: I don't need a podcast to talk about movies. I think we did it in your office, Ralph. Well, that's the, that's what's the, what started this whole thing, right? <laughs> you know, to me, going to the movies was only half the fun. Was talking to the people at the movies afterwards. I ran for like, jeez. Um, 13 or 14 years to Baltimore film club. And we would always see a movie every month. It was first was every Monday then every other Monday. And um, then we'd go out and talk about, we'd vote it. Then we'd go out and talk about it for an hour or so. It was nothing but fun. I mean, I love the movies, you know, I'm a product of the movies for good or evil. And um, I'm happy to talk about the movies. You know, I think some of them are clicking through, you know, some of these movies and they're not all thinking they're seeing the movies, because they're actually commenting on what we're saying too sometimes yeah. so yeah so some people are actually interested and i think the youtube views and i know i've told you this before is a um, is a false is a false number because everybody i know personally who listens to the podcast who who partakes in the podcast is doing so in an audio way is doing it on as a podcast not as a video cast But on some things we get a lot of great numbers, and um, I wish I knew what get people to listen because we'll do a science fiction movie and we'll get a huge number, and or a comedy get a huge number. Then we'll do another one in the same vein. You know, we'll have fifteen thousand viewers on one. We'll do another one that's similar, and we'll have um, seventy-two viewers. Yeah, yeah. so there is like. There's literally no way to predict it. So I think what we're doing, what we're doing best is we're just picking movies we love, movies we want to share with people. And then, you know, if people want to listen, that's great. They'll learn something. They'll go on a journey with us. Like last week was great, you know, because Debbie walked into the podcast. I don't know if she actually got through it. At the end, she sort of said, she did not like, she had watched Thunderbolt and Lightfoot and did not like the movie. But as we discussed what we liked about it, she appreciated the movie right. and came to like yeah. it. Yeah. So and that I, I think we that could be happen. doing that for some people. Yeah. You know, and I like you know, it's just unusual what hits and what doesn't. Yeah. And to me it's, it doesn't matter. And I know it's the same on the other podcast and, and YouTube things. You know, someone yeah, I
1: don't want to say it's frustrating in a negative way, but it's confusing and it's it is a little bit like you know, at the beginning you had why I had wild dreams about this thing being a huge whatever. And then after a while, we're still at it now. What five years now, Sean? I forget when we started. <laughs> and here we are every, every week doing this. John, what, what you're, you're kind of the newest of the group, not new. It's been a year now, but I mean, I oh, know you here. love to talk. So I guess. You know, no, I mean, <laughs> and being on, being on camera, but
3: no, I mean, but I mean, this is something, uh, that I, I, have always talked about movies. I mean, I've always done that. I wrote my first movie review for a newspaper when I was in 10th grade. So I've always had an affinity for movies. I've loved talking about them. I think from a young age, I always wanted to be in movies. Maybe that was part of the reason why I love them so much, but why I like doing this. Yeah. It's frustrating for me because I think our conversations are actually pretty interesting and I'd like more people to see them and, and, if we bring up a movie that maybe they wouldn't think they'd want to see and by us talking about it they end up seeing it and liking it i i like that thing too i like when people respond uh, when we talk about maybe uh, you know maybe not such a mainstream movie and and this has been really look with covid everyone's been locked down you're looking for stuff to do and for me my work has been really tough because my business has been impacted by travel big time so this is a chance for me to be a little bit creative, to be on camera, which I love to do. And and I've made friends from it, too. You know, you guys, I consider you guys my friends.
1: Yeah. yeah, uh,
3: cool. yeah. And it's like, you know, and, and we live in a polarized world where you argue about everything. And this is a place where we can go. We argue about the film, but it doesn't get personal. It doesn't get nasty. I like that. Uh, you know, Ralph and I always talk about, well, we should do a political thing. And I, I don't want to do that because I know what it would do to mine and Ralph's relationship because we're on such opposite ends. I don't want that. I want to talk about movies. And if the movies get a little political, that's okay. I'll talk about that. But I just love talking about movies. I mean, I would do this, you know, I would do this if one person watched it just to talk to you guys about, about movies. Like this movie that I picked was, you know, people wouldn't think I would pick this movie based on, movies i usually pick but this movie resonated with me for reasons we'll get into but i just i just love doing this and i like when we bring in other people i find that interesting Uh, when sean brings in somebody in the movie business i I think that's so cool and it's something that 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 this channel and youtube and and social media has opened up doors that you're able to talk to people letting them i never thought in my life i'd sit down and be on a Zoom call with Lou Diamond Phillips, who I'm a huge fan of from La Bamba. And we did it. And, and, you know, or, or FBI informant or yeah. a director of a movie. I mean, that's, that's, or pretty Sean cool and stuff. Debbie Murphy I or mean, Sean, Sean a brilliant screenwriter who wrote Chapel Street, which I absolutely loved. So it's, it's, I love it. And I don't, if people don't want to watch, I, 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 it bums me out. And I, I don't understand the rhyme or reason behind it because cue it up the same thing. We get a thousand hits on on uh my name is nobody. And then we get 13 views on the other stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what to do, but I, I want to keep doing it. And I love, I love it. So, well, to be
1: fair, the 13 views was on your, your standalone Spider-Man.
3: That's no, that's 19. Now um, it's not 13. I was not in that one.
1: Uh, yeah. So, so I'll be brief. I'll be brief since uh we, I don't want to go too crazy, but you know, as Sean and I talked about, we started this podcast to introduce films to people who, like millennials, basically. It was really the genesis was, let's bring our 70s films, let them watch it, see how they react, and, and vice versa, let them bring films to us. I never would have watched half these films that I did at the beginning, uh, Hellraiser, all the stuff that those guys were bringing in. And then we jump into my movie Strange, the cult thing I was doing for a while. I watched films there that I would never have watched <laughs> that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I'm glad I watched them. And it happened to me last night when I was watching this movie. We're doing a face in the crowd. On the Criterion channel. And as I'm browsing, I see this movie called The Hit. I had never, I never heard about The Hit. I didn't the, know what the, I know, uh, I know this. Uh, Is that
3: Terrence Stamp? Terrence
1: Stamp and, yeah. uh, uh, Tim Roth's first film, yeah. John Hurt plays an assassin, uh, directed by Stephen Frears. I never in a million years would have thought of that film, gone to look for the film. But as, when I finished facing the crowd, I went, I'm going to watch The Hit. I couldn't turn it off so i discovered a movie that i never would have watched before and i and i thoroughly enjoyed it and then i went and listened to the commentary track on that same film which is also the criterion does this great thing with some of these movies so i'm a movie lover i am not obsessed i couldn't give you all the actors i screw up names all the time i forget <laughs> plots i forget quotes uh I, but you know i love movies and i do this and you know i it's a lot of work it's a lot of work to do this we know this to do this every week to come and and put these things out and you look at the views and you go eh whatever i'm really doing this for me and us and us having these conversations yeah. and i frankly think the co- the conversations have have gelled i mean you're talking about philosophy that's the thing about movies movies especially horror movies you know the 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 metaphors they do in films how it relates to culture and you know social things and all that we're doing the same thing. We're talking about religion now that we, I wouldn't normally talk about. We talk about in films as, as it relates to these films. And I think our, converse, our side conversations turn into pretty cool conversations, starting with the films. So I just wanted to, so, I just uh, wanted to get, your, get your take on... It's
0: the world of ideas. You know, movies are somebody's idea of what reality is. And when you think about it, you know, we're all part of that. We all question... You know, what we're here for, what we're doing. Yeah. Here. And it, it is a
1: shared experience. I think exactly. movies are a shared experience that pretty much anybody can talk about if they wanted to. So I think that's what makes it so. And that's why there's so many of these shows. I mean, Bill Simmons, I swear his, his rewatchable show started after our show and it's the same idea. They're just doing films that they love rewatching and talking about them. And he's got a huge platform. Making zillions of dollars. And here's our little podcast that keeps going up the hill and, you know, and we're still going to do it. I'm not, I didn't do this to say, let's end this. It was, I was just curious if you guys felt the same way I did. I know Chris Coker, who's our newest guy is just loving coming on this and being able to talk about this. And as John said, COVID, everybody's had issues with work and kids staying at home and to be able to express your opinions about stuff that you love talking about has made made a lot of people very happy except for the people who I want to watch who, you know, 60 people are happy one time <laughs> uh, maybe they
2: aren't happy. I'm no This is advice I give to everybody. You're already following it, you know, cause I've written a lot of movies and took a long time. I had put a blog about show and I wrote down everything I wrote before I became quote unquote successful. And, um, People are like, you know, I'm writing the books and they're not taking off. I'm going to stop. Or I've written so many screenplays, I'm going to stop. And I'm like, well, you should stop because you're never going to be successful at it. Because if you don't love it, if you don't love the act of actually doing
0: it. What's the point?
2: You know, you're never going to succeed at it because it's going to come through. So we're doing this because we We love doing it. We want to do this.
0: It's a pleasure.
2: And maybe as people find out, as long as we enjoy ourselves, maybe other people will come and enjoy themselves too. And, you know, it's what I really love about this podcast is that it has, um I still call it a podcast, what do you call it, this YouTube channel? I still call it a podcast. Yeah, that's is that we have gone through a lot of people, you know what I mean? Not a lot, but, you know, we've yeah. we've had people who are here for a year or two, and then they're gone two years, and... No one's left on hard feelings. Anyone who's been on this podcast can come back, but, you know, I like the open structure of it. You know, a lot of times I I said this before, when I will get a podcast and it doesn't really matter what the subject is because after a while you're listening to the people.
1: No, I agree with what
2: I mean. And so when I'm listening to a podcast and people leave, you know, I don't, it's always a question of, do I continue, but I think we're doing a great job. I, because I think the spirit is still there when we have different people on, we have a little different emphasis, you know, now, because there are few people, we do a little deeper dive, you know, maybe there's less conflict than there have been in other ones. And I'm a fan of conflict too, but it's like, but this is, uh, you know, this is, you know, a deeper dive. But But the conversations, I think the conversations
3: are better about the movies. Yeah, Cause, yeah yeah because we don't have to fit in eight people i mean we get to talk about it and there's yeah. some back and forth which i like now ralph you've got the hardest part because you know you we do the show and then you do everything else you put it together you know so yeah. you've got a lot more to do than we do yeah and i know that can be a grind but it, it, you it know. is
1: it's, frankly it is a grind and being at home has helped that obviously right. not having to try to do a job. You know, I'm doing a job, but I'm doing it right. from home, so it makes it a lot easier.
3: But the um, good news is you can tell you're still into it because you put monitors behind you. You have green screens now. I, this, You've got well, this all is, kinds of different cameras. This
1: is what we call COVID brain. I can't don't stop. Don't you have a
3: new setup for the bell?
1: Yeah, it's right here. If, if, uh, well, can you see it? Yeah, there it is. See? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to so, cut right. anymore. I just, I'm right in there.
3: Oh, look all at right. that. See? So you still love it. Yeah, I do. I do. That's good. All right,
1: all right. enough. Okay, so- John brought the
3: film today. Uh, we, we've we've hinted at it a couple of times. John, what oh, we've told them what it was. We didn't hint at it. We actually told them what it was. Well, by the way, what I was wanting to talk about, I did want to talk about what I was watching. But I'm just going to throw it out real quick. I watched Bad Day at Black Rock. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Spencer Tracy, Robert Ryan. Excellent. Great movie. Uh, the quietest suspense-filled movie you'll ever watch. It's just, it's an amazing movie. Well, uh, I did di- mention the hit, so I guess. I yeah, like I think directed out. by John Sturges, uh, who did The Magnificent Seven. Anyhow, I watched that. So I picked. 1957's A Face in the Crowd, directed by Ilya Kazan, starring Andy Griffith, Patricia Neal, Walter Matthau, uh, Anthony Franciosa, Lee Remick. Uh, in fact, it was uh, it was Andy Griffith's first film, Lee Remick's first film, Anthony Franciosa's first film. It was like one or two films for Walter Matthau and yeah. uh, Patricia Neal had been out for four years because she uh, got pregnant by Gary Cooper. And there was a whole controversy yeah, there. there. Yeah, yeah. So that was her first movie back in, in a while um, in this movie. Uh, Ralph and I talked about this a little, what I love about this movie. There's a few things I really love. I don't know what it is about black and white photography, but I love films in black and white. There's something about black and white. Well, this one's done very well too. Yeah, it is. So oh, well, he's a great gorgeous. director. And, yeah. and, you know, his history is pretty bleak. Uh, he won a, a lifetime achievement academy award and he got booed because, uh, in the, when, when he, uh, the house un-American activities, uh, the, the Reds, you know, they're going for the commies. He named names and then he put out an ad in the newspaper the next day saying how proud he was of what he did. So he, yes. people in Hollywood did not like Ilya Kazan as great a director as he was. Um, so this movie,
1: um, so so he's also story- the reason, he's also the reason Hyman Roth in The Godfather had no shirt on that scene where he's watching the football game when Michael comes to visit him. Why? Because Coppola had a meeting and Eli Kazan walks into the meeting or Coppola walks into his house and he had no shirt on. <laughs> and he said it was very disconcerting to see an old man without a shirt on. And that's why, that's why I uh, didn't know that yeah, they put that in that film. And it is, it's like, what the? It's weird. Anyway.
3: So this is a movie about Lonesome Rhodes, who's Andy Griffith. You character. want to see the trailer, or do you want to? Yeah, all right. Yeah, show the trailer, and then I'll I'll do a little synopsis see, of okay. the story. Ah! All right, yeah. I have some. Yeah, go ahead. I want to. Well, talk okay. About so it. Th- this is the story of Lo- Lonesome Rhodes, who's a a, a drifter who Patricia Neal finds in a, a jail, and he's funny and he can play the guitar. So she puts him on the radio, and uh, he's got a real Will Rogers kind of feel to him. And he gets bigger and bigger and bigger and he starts influencing people. At one point, he tells them to bring dogs to someone running for mayor to see if he can be a dog catcher. Well, they end up with all these dogs at the house and he realizes how much power he has. Well, he ends up in New York and becomes just this huge superstar in TV who, who I don't know if changes, but his true colors come through and he burns everybody on the way up. And the, the, he gets his comeuppance at the end of the movie in a pretty dramatic way but the thing about this movie it's about the power of television first of all influences I mean, that influences and if you look at the society we now live in with people on youtube with you know a million followers or they say kim kardashian wears something everybody wears it oprah oprah winfrey talks about a book the book goes through the roof and this is 1957 so, if you think about TV, TV's relatively new. Lucy was the big show. Milton Burrow was the big show, right? But the, the influence of TV politically was first shown with Kennedy and Nixon. In the debates, that Nixon looked like a sweaty, gross old guy who actually had good policy stuff, but no one cared because you looked at the the Ken doll versus They say if you heard that on the radio,
1: Nixon won if you watched it on TV. Well, that's right.
3: Right. That's my point. And that's the power. The other thing I love about this movie, if you're familiar with Andy Griffith from Matlock or the uh, Andy Griffith show, you, you wouldn't believe it's the same guy. I mean, his performance, it was his first movie performance. He had done No Time for sergeant on Broadway and did a stand-up album. That's how Kazan found out about him. He does a thing about football. Someone from Arkansas seen football for the first time. It's a comedy routine. And that Ilya Kazan could even think he could do something like this is pretty amazing uh, uh, casting-wise. And his performance, it, uh, people say, well, it's over the top. It is over the top. Uh, but I think it works. And, and to me, the even better performance – was Patricia Neal. Her performance in this movie where she loves this guy and hates him at the same time, and that's playing the entire movie, even at the end, when she's the one that his comeuppance is uh he's talking about the audience when he thinks the show is over through the rolling credits, and she turns on the microphone live and covers the the board so no one can stop her. And he's he's just trashing the audience. And that ends up his downfall. In fact, he goes from the top floor in the elevator yeah, down. And by the time he gets scene. to the bottom, <laughs> yeah, he's sunk. It's just an amazing, over. amazing movie. Um, says a lot about TV. So, and, and they used uh, John Cameron Swayze, uh, Walter Winchell, Mike Wallace. So they're using real people. And this is based on, uh, I read a bunch of stuff about it. A little bit of Will Rogers who had this homespun thing, but he was really quite an elitist is what his kids said. Uh, Arthur Godfrey, who was kind of ruthless. And the thing at the end where he got caught, uh, with a live mic trash in the audience happened to some kiddie show guy who was talking about the little bastards talking Well, that's that. Uh,
1: if you, if you read one of those, one of the headlines that came out after this happened to him, it said he pulled a Dawn. I guess that guy's name was Dawn. Okay. And so he was actually, a children's show host. Yeah. And it actually said he, 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 he did what Dawn did or something Yeah. That headline that he was reading so, in his apartment when she comes in
3: it's just a it's a wild movie and and like i said Andy Griffith's performance the the one that really got me was uh when they're at the f- fair in arkansas and they're doing the uh the baton twirling and he's all over Lee Remick right yeah. but but when she is spinning the baton and the camera clo- has a close up of Andy Griffith with the look on his face that i can't believe passed the censors because you could see what he was thinking and I'm like, oh, my God, it was just so he was so at that point he was getting really creepy. But I think all the performance, Walter, Matt, that was good in it. Yeah. He kind of had him from the beginning. I love the performances. I just love this movie. And you wouldn't think it would be a movie I like, but uh really strong performances and the message of the film uh, about the power of TV and how anybody can be taken down a peg or two resonates today like it like it uh, does. So I'm dying yeah, to hear. I'm going to talk think. about that because, yeah, I have thoughts about that, but go ahead. Sean, Debbie, what'd you guys...
0: Oh, my gosh. I love this movie.
2: And I'm- you hadn't seen this, right?
0: No. She yeah.
2: thought she had seen it. I yeah. thought I and she did. didn't want to see it. Because like, I, I
0: love Andy Griffith.
2: The show. Yeah. And yeah.
0: We started watching it. When was it? Fr- uh, Friday?
2: Yeah. Just at one point. When we first started watching it, it was on HBO Max. On the um, TCM hub, yeah, free. But we we had stuff going on; we couldn't finish it. So when we went to finish it, it was no longer on the hub for free. <laughs> so we had to pay for
0: it. <laughs> we just oh got done watching it. But I the thing seen is, he had seen it before, but I didn't. But the the thing is with Andy Griffith, in in my mind, I love the man. I really do love Andy Griffith's Sheriff Taylor. And from what I understand, he's a North Carolina native. You know he he was in the play that um, we go to see in North Carolina, the Outer Banks, Cape Hatteras, and Roanoke uh, Theater. If anybody ever gets a chance to go see that that play, um, that's where uh, Andy got his start. You're
3: talking about no time for sergeants, or w- uh, which
0: play? About? About? No, time? Oh, primitive back in his hometown.
2: Oh, okay, it's like a little theater. I guess. it's a little theater,
0: okay. and um, they do the uh, in you know the. Um, the original Roanoke, you know, village where the first settlers came. Anyway, that's beyond <laughs> that. But when we first started watching it, I was like, oh man, I can't. Not Andy Griffith. Come Not on. Andy Griffith. <laughs> and I liked it, but um, I mean, I, I it was holding my interest. So we just finished watching it uh, just now. Literally. Yeah. I just loved it. I just, yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah, how about that
1: ending? Scene?
3: Was that anything wow. unbelievable? When he's screaming
0: from well, I balcony? love the uh,
1: the applause
3: machine he had in there. Yeah. With his
1: buddy, what's his buddy's name? Flippy or <laughs> Mickey or
3: the guy who's really from the Grand Old Opry? That guy's really from well. The but Grand the punchline was when
1: after uh, uh, Walter Matthau read him the Riot Act, yeah, and he he tells the guy, "Hit it, yeah. Mickey," and that's when the applause
0: comes in or whatever he did. It was great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. Yeah. Was- the well, I love Walter Matthau and anything. He's always. He's always interested. And then you
0: mentioned the uh, baton twirler. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What about that? We have a family member, not to be mentioned, but she, you know, something about those baton twirlers. If you've ever known one, (laughs) they love to bring out their old baton, you know. And Uh, Lee
3: Remick lived with uh, the the champion. baton twirler there for three weeks. She didn't do all of it, but she yeah, did, did a, a lot bit, of it herself. There's a bit
2: of a body double in there. You yes, can see you could it. you could see. But she really? she, she
3: was only nineteen. Yeah. Lee Remick yeah. was only nineteen when yeah, she was cares, really
2: hurt that shot where she bent backwards.
3: Yes it was and that's that was her. What he was looking that nice was really her. creepy. Right.
2: Well so is his so is Jane Franciscus, it yeah. turns out.
3: Yeah. yeah. But
1: well, uh,
2: I, I loved when he was down there and they're like, and here she is our seventeen year <laughs> I made sure of that. But I tell you, um my feelings is um well, one thing, it's funny, you know, cause, um, I think Kazan pronounced his name I-E-N. 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 But I'm going to call it Alien because that's what everyone else does. And he's dead. So I'm sorry. I'm going to do it my way. But, um, so he, he named names and he grew up, you know, he was his family where I think, I believe they were refugees from Eastern Europe. So he had a little different feeling, you know, um, Communism was uh, abstract to – and he also felt because he was a kind of a guest in this country, he was brought in, that if the government tells you to do something, he's obligated to do it. You know, so he had to think. But Bud Schulberg, who um, wrote the um, film, is a very interesting guy. His father ran Paramount during the 30s, so he's like second-generation Hollywood royalty. But he was a brilliant and cynical writer. And um, <laughs> he was also, during the 30s, a um, very fervent communist. And um, he, when they brought the Writers Guild, started the Writers Guild, he was one of the people that the communists brought in to be a, a, a board member because they wanted the communists wanted to control the Writers Guild in order to get propaganda out. And um, Schulberg was one of them and was one of the four guys that were like, you know, the lackeys, but the difference between him and a lot of the people is he got an idea of what was going on in Russia during um, Stalin's thing. And he's like, here I am. He goes, you know, I know Stalin is killing more people than Hitler, but I got to pretend that he isn't, you know, and he was very disillusioned and he turned on the communists. And he also voluntarily went to a uh, HUAC or um, whichever one of the, sometimes there were different committees and he named names and he was, you know, he didn't put an ad about it in the paper, but you know, he wasn't shy about it. And I don't think he had the career he could have had as a result, but let's look at what he did before. You know, he did on the waterfront right. original story. And I don't know if he wrote the script, but he wrote the book of, um of the harder they fall Humphrey Bogart's last film about his, Cynical um, reporter who becomes a boxing promoter. And what makes Sammy run about a movie executive, which apparently Ben Stiller's working on a version of for DreamWorks. Mm. So um, another version. It's been on TV a number of times, different things of it. So I mean he was a, you know, he was a great writer. And when I think of Schulberg, I don't necessarily think of Arkansas. You know, so when right. Andy Griffin's coming up about all these uncles from Riddle and this and that, and I'm sitting there thinking, Has, has Bud even been to Arkansas? You know, I mean, the dialogue was very, you know, his, what Andy Griffin was saying, and I wouldn't be surprised if Griffin, though Schulberg and Kazan were very, um, powerful personalities, you know, so I'm sure, I'm sure he wasn't giving the actors free reign to say whatever they wanted, but I'm sure a lot of what Andy Griffin is selling, selling it because of his own background and all in such, in a great way, but, um, I think it was a great script. You know, I think of two great films from this period that really draw the line and show what the media is and what it could be capable of is this and um, Billy Wilder's um, what's it, Ace in the Hole, which was called The Big the big Show or The Big Circus or something, where um, – who is that? that Kirk is, Douglas. Kirk Douglas is a cynical reporter right. who gets the story of a lifetime when he's in this small town where there's a minor – buried in a mine and they could get him out. Mm -hmm. There was an easy way to get him out, but everyone's profiting from all the interest in the news story. The town's profiting, everybody's profiting. So they go about the, you know, the hardest possible way to get him out and he ends up dying, I believe, you know, and that was really a, a, um, a story about how the media in that case, more of the news, you know, could destroy people, and, and you know, in order f- for ratings and success. And this film is same way, and I think it goes better. The next great film about the media like that will be um, Network. Right. By the great writer, Patty Shayevsky. you know. And I think that one is perhaps the most accurate picture of, like, the news media. Yeah.
1: But I love this. Oh, that film. was a bit of cynicism in that one, too. But, yes, a bit. spot on. A
2: bit of cynicism? It's, spot it's, on. It's hard to <laughs> it's see gosh. in the media without being cynical right you know and as i was watching this i was kind of i shouldn't say this i was kind of um um i'm gonna say it you know you know say she's it. propping up this um demagogue you know she's creating this this phony and this hypocrite and you know i hate to say that you know i've been a lot of films you know building up people who aren't necessarily what they who they said they were, you know, and um,
0: it hits <laughs> home this film.
2: <laughs> so let me do an Andy Griffin laugh, You're probably laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you all pump like it up that laugh, and I yeah. tell you what, it's such a great performance. He's very kind of mean, but when he starts talking in that prison scene, yeah, you know, he is just, and it's a writing in him, but he just captures you. You. Have a hard time not being swayed by him, you know, right. even though you know he's a criminal, he's a grifter, he's a con man. But, you know, he's so lively, you know. Um,
3: well, the energy level that he brings that entire performance is yeah. up here. I mean, it's unbelievable.
2: And I'm kind of curious about Ralph's opinion because I know Ralph generally does not like these over the top kind of yeah.
1: performances. Well, I didn't, it's funny. I didn't find it, well, I, it had to be over the top because his character was over the right. top. Yeah. And it, and it was all great acting. It didn't feel, uh, uh, stale to me. It didn't feel overacted. Yes. Obviously his laugh and all that. He's, 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 he's a, you know, he's abroad. I was John, when John told me that he was going to bring this film, my immediate reaction was to get political mm-hmm. because I had seen it a long time ago and I had immediately compared it to someone who's, you know, in the, in the, in the news now. Except as I watched it this time, uh, I got more caught up in the, the the machinations of how products shape TV shows. How yeah. Madison Avenue shapes yeah. the product that then shapes the TV show. Vitajex, Vitajex, which is just geritol, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> and, and, and they showed that inside yeah. baseball stuff. There's also a scene they do. Uh, towards the end where everybody's getting together to get that senator ready to become president. Right. And succession just did the same thing from the right Republicans perspective where they did this big giant meeting where all these elites are going to figure out who the next nominee is going to be. Same, same idea. Much simpler in this one. And I think actually way less cynical than succession was very cynical about it and very, you know, smarmy, a little smarmy, right? They're, you know, smarter than everybody. This one was just direct. They were directly saying to you, this is how this works, right? We're going to get this guy, the polls and all that. And you could see the senator changing. And right. by the time he's on his TV show, he's completely changed. Curly. Curly has changed Curly. his social, yeah. right? He, you know, stand up by your own bootstraps. Everybody has to work hard. You know, he's kind of. But what I did take away was influences. You, you mentioned yeah. Kardashian. Yeah. I'm thinking, I originally thought Trump. I thought right. this is kind of a uh, Trump. Although you think about the same thing happened to Trump in the bus with Billy Bush, where this thing came out that should have taken him out, which is what happened to Andy Griffith. She, she keeps a microphone up so everybody can hear what he's saying. Well, the same thing happened in 2015, 2016, didn't change a thing. So we've changed. I think as a society, we've, you know, a lot has gone on, but I was thinking more Joe Rogan, actually, and, and influences, political influences that are on Instagram and all these other formats where they have millions of followers who frankly I think aren't as smart as a Joe Rogan who follow him blindly and that's what I kept thinking about when I saw this film and and I love the film I, I didn't find him overacted I thought Patricia Neal was great yeah showing us really her c- conflict that she was dealing with right up like you said right up till the very end yeah even even the very very end where he's screaming at her from the penthouse right and and I love when Walter goes, he's not the suicide type. That's right. <laughs> when she's looking up there, she's yeah. looking up at the balcony. There's no way he's going to do that. Yeah. And that button that he does at the end with the applause with his buddy who's on the applause machine, he wakes him up, uh, and, and he makes mm. him do the applause. I'm saying, um, uh, Walter Mathau does wakes him up. So right. I, I was going in, I was going to be much more political about this, but I actually found it way more interesting. The Madison Avenue stuff, the way people are shaping both product and people and how power corrupts. And that's, that's what happened to uh, Lonesome, Lonesome Rose. It just, he got corrupted but that, by all that. That's the what,
2: cause say one thing. Um, you know, I used to do it before I got started working on network television stuff, net television networks. I used to do a lot of politicals because I hate to yeah, say, me too. You know, too. he paid the most. Yeah. <laughs> and also I, I love, you know, I've worked. My background is advertising. Yeah. You know, I went, graduated and I went right into an advertising agency. It was the best job I ever had. It's actually the only adult job I ever had. <laughs> I thought
0: you loved the busboy business.
2: I loved being a busboy, too. I will say one thing. I have never left a job. I always have to be fired. <laughs>
3: now, there's a badge I'm of honor. A, I'm a
2: <laughs> All right. Okay. You I've know, only I been fired. Fired. But you know, I used to do politicals, and there was one guy, and I'm not going to mention name or what party, but I really liked this guy. We were doing for a third party for the guy, and I really liked this guy. I'm like, this is a guy I like, this is a guy I would vote for. And then like eight years later, he ran, you know, he was a prominent political guy. And eight years later, he ran for president, and he was a completely different guy. It wasn't the policies. But what you could tell is that all these people in this back room and consultants groups, yeah. and whatever humanity he had, that human touch, you know, was like completely gone. It's sort of like he you could just tell he was micromanaged. You could tell that every line he said was rehearsed. Right. You know, they and, all get and, like that. Once you start tested. getting.
1: You know yeah. that. Once they start getting, the polls are coming up and people, then they go at them. All these guys are, they're all completely. Listen,
3: all of us, shamed. politicians, sports figures, anybody. Anybody. What do they like when the microphones are off?
1: Well, this that's yeah. what was very prescient. I i love to use this word. I know you love it, that. It's it, like it a trope. Fit, this movie is so prescient in oh. that very thing, which is just how influencers, you, we don't know who these people are. You have no right. idea. And to blindly follow anybody is not the smartest thing to do.
2: And, I want to and, say one other thing when that Billy Bush Trump thing came out. Yeah. I was at a film festival and I'm not even going to say where, cause I don't want to implicate anybody, but I was with the head of what? a major, of a major religious network. You know um, you would know it. You, even you would know it if I I mentioned it. And I was with the head of programming of it. And we were walking through a bar and we were talking about a project and that that quote came through, and he just turned to me and goes, "You know, I've heard some of the top evangelists in this television country say worse than that, and I've seen them say do worse than that." <laughs> you know, but I think, you know, it's, you know, it's just so much falseness, and it's like, but that's, you know, that's what, um, you know, on you're acting whether you know it or not. You, know? you have
1: you have a very beloved uh, sports figure in Baltimore. Ray Lewis, who, who broke a major, major record. Okay? okay, I know who you're talking about. And there is a story that the elite he had a, he had some trouble at home, and he was not going to make the game that night. Uh huh. And everybody got together and shut the power off in the city, so that game was postponed. So that come on. So that that person I never heard
3: that. So that person's streak would keep going. So. Well, are Listen. we not saying names because we don't want to offend anybody? Ralph, does it Ripken. rhyme
1: with Ralph Tipton? I heard a story that he had some trouble at home, and they shut everything down so he wouldn't break the streak.
3: Wait, okay? are you nervous well, I, that one of our 60 viewers might be Cal Ripken? Is yeah. that what you <laughs> – it, I'm not it saying it's true or false. There, no. I'm just
1: saying you cannot I, – I, I don't trust – I've never trusted anybody
3: just face value anyway. You get,
1: I
2: always. But this. I mean,
3: that's true. You shouldn't. I mean, that's true right. of it, anybody. I mean, it's but, not just. It
2: I, quaint, but I what's quaint? But what's one Cal Ripken story? Sure. Yeah. Just to show you how things are. So we're doing this spot, and I'm on the set. I'm, you know, I'm an editor. I'm usually in post, but hey, when it looks like it's going to be fun, I can go to the set. So I went to the set. We were doing this Cal Ripken spot for a healthcare company. And we get all this warning, you know, somebody from the Ripkin organization told the producer, gave this list of things, do not talk to Cal Ripkin, do not ask him for an autograph, do not do photos, do not look at him, do not do this, do not that. that. So, you know, he's in makeup, he comes out, and he does the first set, he's in his uniform. And, you know, and everybody is being respectful, they're averting their eyes, you know, and all of this. And then, after he does, he does like four takes and they're done with that shot, and he doesn't need the uniform. He takes off the hat. And he goes, Hey, does anybody want this? And somebody goes, Yeah, I'll take it. He goes, Do you want me to sign it? You know, I mean, <laughs> he been a happier, nicer guy, but his people were like, Yeah, right. Yeah.
3: His handlers.
2: His because if, yeah. if, if, if they hammer. didn't
3: say that, if they didn't
1: say that, everybody would, you know. Yeah. So I they let that, him right. make the move. Like a natural guy. Right. But I, you know, the one thing about this film that I thought was quaint and kind of cute is when he does get caught and he's, you know, goes out there to the world, what he really thinks about his followers. Yeah. And they're all calling the station going, I'm never going to, it was very cute that all these people and the, and the hard hats in the bar. The yeah. ruffians who go, we were following this guy. We're not following him anymore. Like I said, in 2015, religious leaders were still backing Trump yeah. going, Hey, whatever. I'm just, just locker room talk. Who cares? We've come a long way
2: from yeah, that people, quaint little. And also, this would never happen today because back then, well, there were probably four networks because Dumont, right? Too. But literally, if you had a TV, you were watching one of four television. Right. So the audience was very focused. You know, today with video games, YouTube, right. you know, 50, I know, I know. But the one thing that is
1: are. still very true is it doesn't take much to go from up to down in one
3: And that was Kazan's point too. Yeah. But that right.
1: scene, the way he used the elevator,
3: yeah, was, yeah, brilliant. The, that, was that, brilliant. that
1: was just brilliant. By the time you yeah. get down, it's over. But, but he know. did a
3: good job too when they were doing uh the Vitajex ad. When it started from nothing and then kept building, and they did the jingle, and they showed the pill going down the belly, and it, and the close-ups of Andy, Gray. It was, that whole scene was. No, it was a, yeah, it was. There was, there was a very funny movie. It was. It was very funny stuff
2: I in this movie. They were hinting that it was an ED, and you know,
3: that's I kind of got that too. <laughs> well, he said because they it. kept talking about
2: when he
1: chases the woman out the yeah. room.
2: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. No, I like that scene too. The way they cut to that whole that whole bit about that pill, the, the commercial that they created.
2: Yeah,
3: and
1: it went on for a bit. That went on, yeah. on for a while.
3: Yeah, no. Well, I that think was, was his so take. Funny. He he was going after the TV industry, and yeah. he was going after advertising. Madison Avenue. That's right. really what he was going after, because he spent time in New York with the uh, the big three advertising agencies. And and that, from what I read, that scene where they start talking about Vitagex is a, a real one. I think they were talking. What the hell was the product they were? Using uh, Romo No, no, but it wasn't Jarretal. I'm not sure, but he, he. uh I'm trying to think of the ad. Can't I can't no. remember. It's, but uh, it, it's it's a it's a prescient film for sure. And oh, uh, it definitely. Boy, is. this is a black new- and
1: white and old, and I actually loved it. Loved it. I and love for
3: that. 1957 too to have that kind of forward thinking, you know, because back then, you, to Sean's point, there's only four networks, right? So, uh. you could you could plug that movie in right now and make it a youtuber and it'd be that's what i'm saying you'd be the same thing i
1: mean you brought up the Kardashians. i brought up joe rogan trump is obvious um yeah no i i it's it's just nothing's changed except everything's changed uh, right when you think we're way more cynical
2: how much money they've made yeah you know that with their various little businesses yeah i mean they weren't like Chemists trying to figure out new perfumes. Well, that's Listen. what
1: was great. That's what was great about that fire festival fiasco. Yeah, the Shauden. They got their comeuppance. Shauden What is it? The Shauden uh, Freud. When when you enjoy yeah. the pain of others. Yeah. yeah. To watch all those influencers and all, all those influes, influencers influes with the cheese sandwiches out. and the Styrofoam boxes. It was just beautiful. It <laughs> like a comeuppance, like like on a major scale. That's what made that so fascinating.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: because they have too the- much power to be able to put an Instagram out and. Get little, little kids or whatever to do
3: whatever you need. It's just too much. How about too getting, in, getting people to give you money just yeah. for listening to you? Yeah. I mean, that's right. That's, that's, that's what, what we, we aren't yeah. able to do it. We can't do it.
0: But you yeah. Know what, we don't have that. What, what, Debbie? <laughs> you know, we, the funny thing is we have um, authenticity with each other. You know, that's true.
3: You know what? That doesn't buy groceries and it doesn't get way, us though. any money, Debbie. <laughs> Maybe I'm, we need to be less authentic.
1: <laughs> Oh, that's interesting you say that, but that's how it goes. Yeah. You know, you kind of, you kind of, and that's what that, that's what that senator did. That senator went from his beliefs to what he thought was going to get him in there. And ultimately, it probably cost him because he was backed by Lonesome, Lonesome Road. That's right. Anyway. And to your
3: point, Debbie, I mean, I think what makes this show good for us is we are authentic. And maybe that's not what the audience wants, but, I, I, don't want to do this if I can't be myself, right? Well, I t- I've told you guys this. There's a
1: bunch of podcasts I listen to that go on for three hours. Right. Uh, and I just like, and I told you they talk about how they alphabetize their DVDs. Yeah. And do they put the spine in or out or what, you know i'll listen to that all day long we could
3: do that route but you never want to go past an hour i mean that's Uh, you not us. i I would do it man i would talk i think we should do a live one like i watch these shows they're four hours long all they do is talk about they pick a subject out of the air they talk about it and they keep
2: going and going and going we should do that one night one friday night it's fascinating that on some podcasts and all it's like it's not really about anything but then again you know, if the audience likes the people, you don't listen to you do anything. You know, yeah. well, maybe they they enjoy like the us. conversation. Think might have answered
1: our own question. They may not. Yeah. Like us. <laughs> no, no, but you know no. what? If they don't, we're going to give them more of us. Okay. I think so that's hit that hit that like button and that subscribe. Well, you got to subscribe first.
3: Yeah. Share it, it. Hit the there. like button. And, and I, uh, my other show, Sean, my junior high theater teacher, I I got in contact with her about something. And she uh, liked my she movie. John was the greatest shows. actor that ever she came said, these are Stoke my two messages. favorite movies. I have a, a poster of Casablanca and Citizen Kane in, in my room here. And mm-hmm. she said, those are my two favorite movies. I go, if you like movies, you got to check out our podcast. So she went to queue it up. I'm going to tell her about yky too, And she says, I subscribe to your channel today.
1: Wow, <laughs> That makes 15.
3: No, um, we got more
1: than that. All right. So let's rate this puppy. I think we all know.
3: Well, I give it a, I, I'm thrilled. Like Debbie, you hadn't seen this before. I'm thrilled you liked it. Ralph, I'm glad that instead of just a, you know, this is a Trump thing, you changed a little bit. And I like that because I think this is a lot more than about one person. Oh, this yeah, is, totally, totally. Yeah. So I give it a big ki kaye. Yeah.
1: I give it ki kaye as well. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, four for job. four. All right, so let's move on to no, the wheel. Now we go of, to the
3: wheel. Wheel of fun. And
1: let's. Uh, we get to. Uh, wheel fun of part fun. of this is I get to take John off the wheel.
3: Oh well, I don't. I don't think our subscribers are happy well, about that.
1: There you go. Off the wheel. Stand by. First spin.
3: Debbie. Debbie. Debbie.
2: Oh, wow. oh I, that was fixed not planned.
3: Oh. I have. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. Hoping. You already know the movie.
1: Well, it's not. I'm going to call. I met a guy in New Orleans. This guy, Bright Dawn. It's a book called Bright Dawn. He has a movie here. Um, he did, uh, he, he did train hopping for a year.
3: Oh, he he literally went train hopping. He's like a hobo. There's a, there's
1: a whole, there's an an underground railroad system of hobos that hop these things. Okay. So this is a guy I met in New Orleans. Um, I'm going to see if he'll come on the podcast. I'm going to give him a call tomorrow. I'm going to email him and see if he'll do it. If he does it, we're going to bring him on. I'll send you guys the film he made. And what we'll is it? A
3: documentary?
1: It. It's sort Love of his I, hopping. I thought it was a documentary about being a Green hobo. Hopping. You know this yeah. thing, but it's sort of a mix. He kind of he, he has a background of uh, addiction. He was getting over addiction while he was doing this trip. But what he does is he he intersperses it, so he created a narrative. But then he intersperses it with interviews of people who actually hop trains. And I just found it fascinating. Is he, he in, in it? it? He's in it. He directed the film. He wrote the oh. book.
0: We have a friend who does that.
1: Yeah. It says a whole underground railroad. <laughs> Literally people who do this.
0: Exactly. Oh, uh, I
2: thought you were going to have him on and we talk about like Emperor of the North Pole. No, no. I want to talk Emperor about his- of the North. With no, yeah. What's movie. the other one you
1: loved? What's the other one? Runaway you train. Runaway, Runaway train. train. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, on on or Silver Streak. I
1: like. I like the, <laughs> I the uh, Denzel one that he just did with. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, un, unconditional, no. <laughs> with Unstop- Chris Pine. <laughs> Unstoppable. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, if I can get them, I'll do that one. If not, I'll find. it right. I might bring Stir Crazy because I, I got crazy about that one, but I'll I'll think about it. I'll let you know Stir in a couple crazy. days.
2: Crazy, funny that movie. Be a nice um, tribute. Yeah, yeah. And I think generally when we have a guest, the guest doesn't count as your choice. No, that's fine. This would be my choice. That's fine. I mean, I don't want to deprive you of anything.
1: No, no. I've been. I I asked him earlier if he'd like to do it. He said he would. But
3: John, you mine, know that Ralph. I, if Ralph ever got deprived, he just changed the rules. That's right. So he could. I'm not so so worried about. Don't me. even sweat about. Oh, don't that, worry about this.
1: So there we go. I'll see if I can get him. If not, I'll I'll let you guys know the film I'm going to do. But I, right. I think I I'm
2: eight. Question now. Yeah. Did, did John take the test? I want to know if you two are both the same amount of Italian.
1: I didn't take the
3: test. Uh, listen, I'm Italian. Believe
1: no, me. my son took it, so it's even diluted from me. So I'm assuming if he's got 18% Italian, I must have a lot in there. I mean, look at me. Look at this.
0: Come on. My man. mother's
3: full
1: Portuguese. Come on, my father's look, full uh, Italian. Uh, <laughs> I 50 can't 50, even 50. speak.
2: Oh, I don't even know how to do Italian. Okay, yeah, I can't you you even
3: can't even it. speak <laughs> Italian.
0: This is what you got to remember about genetics, okay?
3: The La language. Li- mi- all don't I have to know about genetics. It's all relative.
0: You take one uh, sperm and one egg. That could be ancient history, right? That, you know that lineage could be from like whoa, way back, way, way. back.
2: In fact, here is a sperm. Yeah, but if my
1: brother had a daughter who has zero Italian, what what does that mean? That,
2: that Debbie's Italian it? by injection. Because there's one. <laughs>
0: How many times have I heard that? But <laughs> she how- has a little Italian in her.
1: <laughs> Who's that? You're 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 Irish, aren't Very you? Very little.
2: Yeah, my uh, mother's Italian. <laughs> Very oh. little.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> oh my!
0: But here's the thing, you know, genes like that—that that one in a billion. You know what I mean? Right. There's a billion possibilities of who you could be, okay. but that is ancient that that uh dna is from somebody's great you know long past way away away but way it ahead. should
1: reflect where where you're
0: not,
3: not your yeah, ancestors yeah, can not have it. any italian dna that doesn't make any sense right that's
0: not, what's,
2: not necessarily at any proportion of which of which they are
0: percentage wise no you yeah. could be all getting all the information from one
1: Well, it's when my son broke it down. There was like 7% from northern Italy, 7% from southern Italy, 39%. What a scam.
3: What a scam. Maybe it is. So they can tell you from northern Italy? Lonesome
1: roads said to take it, so I took it. So, All right, guys. Listen, uh, have a good week. We're over an hour. You know how I feel about this. (laughs) I'll let you guys know the film, whether it's this guy's or... One other one, probably. Okay, are we due for a uh, round robin soon? Uh, We have two more people that got to do classic, and then we'll do the round robin. All All right. right. Sean and Debbie are up for the next two. Nice.
3: Now does Chris lose a turn? Chris just did. No, he did. No. No, because he missed a show. I mean, no. So we take him off the wheel the next time. No. No. All right. No. God, you're so angry. No punishment punishment for missing a show. This is like uh, what's that? uh, Survivor. (laughs) He's voted off the island. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) All right. Have a good week, everybody. Stay safe. Good to see you guys. Uh, We'll see you next next week.
3: week. All right. (laughs) Over and out. Like, like, like.